The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. Nike shares rising after the apparel maker reported quarterly profit that beat analysts' expectations. It comes after the company reported a drop in its inventory stockpile. That's a sign that Nike is making some progress in moving out older merchandise uh, for newer, more profitable items. Nike revenue, however, did fall 2% in North America, just below expectations. And sales in the greater China region cooled as well, with growth of 4.8% falling short of estimates. heard from Michael Wolf, CEO of consulting firm Activate. Largely, they've had way excess inventories, which they've had to burn off. Mm-hmm. Um, as a result, they've increased their SG&A because they're, they're advertising to, to, to get rid of it. And China is a huge challenge for them. And it's not just about the Chinese economy. They have a strong competitor in, in Leaning, which yeah. is a Chinese brand. And, um, and in a lot of cases, it's for a lot of Chinese consumers, it's preferred. That's Michael Wolf, CEO of consulting firm Activate. Now, Nike shares are currently up 7.5% in late trading, but it has been a very rough year, year to date for Nike shares. But the investors uh, gave it a pop in after hours today. Doug? Well, let's get to some of the Fed speak from today. We'll begin with the head of the Richmond Fed, Tom Barkin. He was saying it's too soon to know if another rate hike will be necessary. And he said headwinds from a potential government shutdown could create even more uncertainty. Here's Barkin speaking earlier with Bloomberg. I think there are a wide range of possible outcomes. You could argue for a resurgence based on the numbers we've been seeing. You could argue for a downturn. You could argue for a return to the pre-COVID economy. I think all of those are, are in sight. Tom Barkin there, he is the head of the Richmond Fed. He went on to say he's expecting to learn more about the trajectory of the economy and inflation over the next several weeks and months. We also heard today from the head of the Chicago Fed, Austin Goolsby. He was saying policymakers shouldn't be placing too much weight on the idea that steep job losses are necessary as a way of controlling inflation. He said that could lead officials to raise rates that would be unnecessarily too high. Brian? And as we alluded to earlier, striking auto workers are pulling back a bit on their wage demands. We get that story from Bloomberg's Tom Busby. The United Auto Workers Union is bending a little, now looking for a 30% pay raise from GM, Ford, and Stellantis. That's down from a 40% demand last week. The idea is to appease current union members with a sizable wage hike and generate interest from non-unionized auto workers to join the UAW's ranks and get paid more. Still, the strike could get a lot bigger on Friday, with the union promising walkouts will expand as the job action enters its third week, if the union says no major progress is made in ongoing negotiations. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Radio. Well, the popularity of uh, J.P. Morgan's blockbuster ETF has spurred a wave of copycat funds, and the latest seems to be coming from BlackRock. We have more from Bloomberg's Erica Hershkowitz. 
BlackRock is the latest exchange-traded fund issuer to take aim at the runaway success of J.P. Morgan Chase's biggest active strategy. The actively managed BlackRock Advantage Large Cap Income ETF, which began trading Thursday and charges 35 basis points, tracks dividend-paying stocks in addition to selling S&P 500 call options to generate additional payout streams. The new BlackRock fund resembles the $29 billion J.P. Morgan Equity Premium Income ETF, which also tracks U.S stocks and uses a call writing strategy to produce a steady stream of income. In addition to BlackRock, Goldman Sachs and Rex shares have also applied for lookalike funds as J.P. Morgan Chase's ETF continues to attract billions of dollars. Erica Herskowitz, Bloomberg Radio. And to news out of China now, China Evergrande says its billionaire founder, Hui Kaiyan, is suspected of committing crimes. That story from Bloomberg's Joanne Wong in Hong Kong. Evergrande says it was notified by authorities that Hoi is under police control and is suspected of crimes. A statement by Evergrande to the Hong Kong Exchange did not say what the crimes might entail. Bloomberg had reported earlier this week that Hoi had been placed under residential surveillance. Meantime, the China Business News reports that Peter Xu, one of Hoi's sons, had also been detained. Another report this week suggested former executives had also been taken into custody. Evergrande shares will remain suspended in Hong Kong until further notice. In Hong Kong, join Wong Bloomberg Radio. Let's get to global news. Congress is running out of time to avert a government shutdown this weekend. Ed Baxter has global news in the 960 newsroom in San Francisco. Ed? Yeah, exactly right, Brian. And uh, the rhetoric is getting stronger. As a matter of fact, House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffrey says uh, the right wing of the Republican Party is saying unless you cut Social Security, slash public school funding, criminalize abortion care, and do a whole host of other extreme right-wing things that they want to jam down the throats of the American people, but we're those, shutting down the government. One of those uh, holding up the process, Matt Gates, says it's time to resolve some long, festering problems. My frustration is that we're $33 trillion in debt, running $2 trillion annual deficits, with no real end in sight. That's and, my frustration. And he says McCarthy doesn't have the votes to get anything done before the deadline. And Bloomberg's Dan Flatley says Ukraine funding has again become a, a major issue in the battle. So, I mean, this has become a ve- very much a political football uh, for the House Republican conference. The question of uh, how to fund you, uh, you fighting in Ukraine, when to fu- uh, fund it, how to go about that, whether it should be a clean CR or include the, this, this supplemental funding. Uh, there's a last uh, moment attempt to forge a deal, but that is expected to fail. Meanwhile, former Vice President Mike Pence today is accusing Donald Trump of abandoning his commitment to conservative values and lowering taxes. Pence on Bloomberg today says that Trump is talking high tariffs. Whatever his rhetoric was back in the day, and his rhetoric has remained the same, the policies that he's advancing now, uh, which include a, a 10% tax on all imports into the United States that the Tax Foundation said would cost 500,000 jobs, is directly opposite of our administration and the Reagan legacy of cutting taxes for individuals and businesses. Uh, Pence says this could take the U.S. back to the days of Herbert Hoover and the Great Depression. Well, there may be an alternative bid for the PGA to one of the Saudi Arabia. Uh, Bloomberg reporting the Endeavor and Fenway groups are milling, getting together. So what form? Well, Bloomberg's Gillian Tan. This could be an alternative transaction. It, it could be that these folks end up working alongside PIF, who actually have a right of first refusal. So it's actually hard to see them not being involved at all. Um, 
but yeah, it's certainly an interesting development. And that's been a serious concern about the PGA being under control of Saudi Arabia. UAW boss Sean Fain is threatening a widening strike tomorrow if progress is not made. Bloomberg's David Welsh says uh, this one's expected to have larger impact if it does indeed happen. This is very crucial again because I, I, I figured he was going to continue the strike no matter what last time. Now we've been out longer. He scored a big public relations coup getting Joe Biden to come to the picket line this week. So, you know, he can really focus on getting down and negotiating, getting down to brass tacks at this point. So a uh, big day, big day tomorrow. Yeah, at the same time, UAW is saying it needs to come out of the strike with 30% pay increases. Initial ask was for 40. Taiwan unveil a prototype of its first submarine to assemble at home as it prepares to stave off a potential invasion by China. Defense Ministry staging the first sea trial of the diesel electric vessel. Global News powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis in Hong Kong, along with Stephen Engel. And our guest is Rob Hayworth, Senior Investment Strategist at U.S. Bank Asset Management. Rob, so it, it feels like consensus at the moment is the 10-year yield drifts up toward 5%. You get um, weakness in the stock market until sometime in October. Then you get a good finish to the year, and then next year is too tough to call. Does your thinking align with that, or if not, uh, how are you looking into the next few months? Well, we're, we're, I have to admit, we're probably a little more cautious on the rest of the year because I think what we're seeing collide is, uh, yes, usually we have a good seasonal run once we get uh, through the middle of October and into the rest of the year. But we're also looking at an economy that's been doing quite well so far here in the U.S., uh, and the consumer appears to be under some strain here as we head into year end with tougher lending conditions. They've worked through a lot of their pandemic savings uh, and and we're seeing a restart or a loss of some programs and a restart of, of student loan repayments. Uh, so it seems like it's going to be tough for the consumer to really hold sway here in the back half of the year and keep the market going up. That said, I think it's tough to make a case that the market goes down a lot because we've already seen some pretty significant retrenchment and earnings expectations are already starting to tick higher here. Hi, Rob. Stephen Engel here jumping in. So what, as we enter the fourth quarter, what does a model portfolio look like to you? 
Yeah, we're we're really trying to hold the line towards long-term goals. And again, that depends upon very much on risk tolerance. But if we start with a simple 65-35 equity mix, we'd still be slightly tilted towards the U.S. like we normally are, uh, avoiding a little bit of foreign, not, not a lot, that's still important to own. Uh, within the fixed income side of the portfolio, there's probably some more interesting things to do because we've certainly seen good performance from high-yield corporate credit. Uh, and there's probably there's I think there's still room and and we've got some yield that we're getting from lower quality credits uh, across the uh, across the fixed income spectrum. And then we'd even look towards reinsurance and catastrophe bonds as a unique way to decouple ourselves from the business cycle, but still benefit from the from the rising cash flow streams from reinsurance at this point. So we you know that we'd say for investors, it's time to hold tight. Think about your long term plan. Uh, and and look for some improvements in the economy as we move through the quarter. Yeah, on that point about diversification, uh, it would seem, I mean, if you just go by what you hear from people when you go to dinner parties and, and out for a drink with friends, uh, they're all talking about, you know, how excited they are collecting 5.5% uh, in short-term treasury yields. Uh, it would almost seem like we're getting a little bit overloaded on that side and that people have lost sight a little bit on diversification. Do you think that that bodes well for the equity market at least sometime in the near future? I, I think it's certainly helpful, right? And, we, and we're really going to look for earnings expectations to tick higher. We think the next, if there is a next leg up in this market and our year-end uh, price target on the S&P 500 is 4,600, but that's really going to require earnings to tick higher rather than sentiment or price earnings multiples. That That's a lot of the gains we've seen so far this year has been all about sentiment and price earnings multiples, and we really need earnings and fundamentals to take hold here. I think it is hard for investors to turn down the five, five and a half percent in in cash. I think the interesting thing is we've seen better returns in other segments of the fixed income market and the equity market this year so far. So, so even though it looks like a, a great place to to grab hold and stay safe, the challenge is we've we've already seen. Uh, better performance out of other segments of the market, equities, obviously, but then, uh, uh, as I mentioned, high-yield corporate debt and, and things like reinsurance, more unique uh, fixed income exposures. Um, and so that, you know, the, it's always uh, two sides, but there's there's room for significant improvement in, in, uh, in portfolio returns in other segments of the market as well. So, Rob, uh, we had our colleague Ed Baxter talk about the looming potential government shutdown. What does history tell us about the impact or the risks that that poses to markets? Yeah, we, we've uh, pulled together our own data around this, looking at the S&P 500, and there's not really a consistent pattern around shutdowns of markets doing better or poor or more poorly, either coming into, through the shutdown, or coming out of it. Then again, we haven't had many instances of long shutdowns. It's really three or four uh, instances where we've had more than a week that the government has been shut down. So there's there's not a lot of data to point to. And coming out of that, no consistency. We've, we've seen instances where the market has done well during the shutdown and done well post the shutdown. It's done, poor, you know, kind of poorly or muddled through during the shutdown when it's been shorter. So I think 
a lot here depends upon uh, what is the impact on the economy and how long does this shutdown persist? What is, you know, what does it do to consumer sentiment? What does it do for the people who would unfortunately be furloughed and going without pay for some time until mm-hmm. the government does reopen? And and so duration here matters quite a bit, how long it, it, it shuts down and what is that impact on corporate earnings uh, here in the fourth quarter? Rob, what is something you know that the market doesn't, which I guess is just a, a, a different way of saying, uh, do you have a contrarian call you'd like to share with us? Great question. I, th- I think uh, I think that's that's kind of hard. I think where we're con- we're most concerned and we're trying to understand really kind of this this battle between it looks like the economy is slowing, right? That's what the that's what the consumer data looks like. That's some of what we heard from the final revision of second quarter GDP. Right, we're seeing tighter lending conditions, and yet we've seen a market that's really held up fairly well. And and mm. for us, um, we're really trying to discern between these two things of what's going to hold sway. Is yeah. the slowdown okay. in the consumer going to be sufficient to, to yeah. dampen the market? Okay, Rob, very good stuff. Thank you very much for joining us. Rob Hayworth, Senior Investment Strategist, U.S. Bank Asset Management. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa. Play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.